listening to County Conversations, a podcast brought to you by the New York State Association of Counties. This episode features public health experts who will discuss strategies and messaging that county leaders and local health officials can use to reassure the public of the safety and efficacy of the COVID-19 vaccine and encourage everyone eligible to get vaccinated. Giving an introduction is Dr. Kevin Watkins, President of the New York State Association of County Health Officials and Public Health Director for Cattaraugus County. He'll pass off the presentation to Dr. Brian Castrucci, the President and CEO of the De Beaumont Foundation. To view their full presentation from a recent webinar, visit NYSAC's YouTube channel. Let me start off by talking about uh, the hesitancy of COVID-19. As we know, COVID-19 vaccines has been available to the public since December of 2020. Next slide, Alex. During the initial rollout, there was a huge demand for the vaccine. And due to the lack of the vaccine supply, both the federal government and the states had to initiate priority groups who could receive the vaccine first. The vaccines were developed with unprecedented warp speed using novel technology that has been con uh, contributed to one of the reasons behind the current skepticism of the safety of the vaccine. It is hopeful that since so many people have received the vaccine, that the skepticism would taper down. Unfortunately, due to the cultural norms, some or social influences and political views, long lines and wait lists that we saw in January, February, and March have led to recent short lines of the ability to accept walk-ins and appointments going unfilled. Data shows that Black Americans who have been disproportionately impacted by the virus have been vaccinated at rates substantially lower than white Americans, due in many cases to a historically rooted mistrust of the medical system. In addition, a lack of access to medical care for the underserved communities, followed by a lack of relationships with a doctor or a team of healthcare providers, as well as a lack of geographical accessibility to a vaccination site, and even difficulties getting out to get vaccinated, all has contributed to increased hesitancy. In addition, a high estimated hesitancy rate appeared to be among the younger population. Usually a decision not to get vaccinated by this population is based on the individual's risk that this population believe they have. The younger population feels invincible and feel that they are less likely to have severe complications from the virus. Hence, 20 to 30% of this population have just no interest in getting vaccinated. Social and political views have played an integral part of the vaccination hesitancy that we're seeing in sectors of our population. Skepticism about the seriousness of the pandemic, low adherence to masking and social distancing, which we know can drive transmissions down, correlates with the lack of recognition of the importance of the vaccine. Finally, just as officials were looking to push out how safe and effective the vaccines were to reach these skeptic groups, there was a two-week pause to review the correlation between the adverse conditions found in six women and the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, increasing the skepticism about why one should wait to get vaccinated. Health officials must now be more creative in meeting people where they live, learn, work, worship, and play in order to get vaccinations down or done in high-risk communities. Public outreach is now needed 
and individual concerns must be addressed in order to reach our goal of vaccinating 85% of the population known as herd immunity. Local health departments who initially opened up large vaccine clinics are now making decisions to close these large clinics and pivot to smaller clinics at work sites, schools, churches, and apartment complexes in order to reach those who have not or who have been missed in the larger clinics. So just as COVID-19 is real, so is vaccine hesitancy. And until we can over overcome this hesitancy, all of the work that we have put into this fight against COVID-19 may be for naught. Thank you. Now we'll hear from Dr. Brian Kistrucci, who will discuss resources available to counties to create communication strategies that build confidence and trust in COVID-19 vaccines. So you all who are listening, and this is, this is the one part I don't like about um, kind of the Zoom format is that we don't get a chance to interact and, and talk face to face because you guys are out there doing the work. Now, what, what we do at the Beaumont is try to create the tools that can help you do the work. So um, I want to take you to two important resources, share some data, share some messaging, and then leave hopefully a good amount of time for conversation. Um, so if you go to Changing the COVID Conversation, you're going to see all of the work that we've done, mostly with Republican pollster Frank Luntz on a whole bunch of different COVID issues. We started out working on COVID perceptions um, and then quickly moved to vaccine acceptance. Now, what, what we've seen consistently, and I'm sure you're seeing it as well, is safety and speed are real issues. Safety um, significantly greater amongst the younger population because what we know they're balancing off theoretical risks, theoretical long-term risks of the vaccine to the kind of realistic documented risks of COVID. And, and they're just not seeing the same kinds of devastation uh, in their circles, in their bubbles, versus what people suggest could happen with the vaccine. Though I think on the other side, when you think about COVID, you know, as much as you could say, well, the vaccine could cause infertility. Well, you also could say there might be a cardiac or respiratory syndrome five years from now, and it's a, a precursor of that is having COVID. So we we have to work on safety. And so on all of the in all of the, the messaging work that we've done, we have these little tip sheets. You can download these from the website. I'm gonna go over a couple. We have our data. The most powerful motivator, two things that we keep seeing, physicians and family. And so one of the things that as public health practitioners you can do is really mobilize that physician community. We, we really need to make COVID-19 vaccination a new vital sign in our medical practice. Now, I'm not a doctor like Kevin, so I'm talking about this from, I'm a DRPH. I'm talking about this the same way we, we used um, the five A's to work on smoking cessation in physician offices. So every physician, every visit should be asking, have you taken the vaccine? Yes, I've taken it, great. We don't have to talk anymore. I haven't yet, but I plan to. We need to make sure they have information, access, 
a plan to get vaccinated. And if they say no, then we need to, to speak to that group. And I'll talk about that in a second. We will be coming out, and this is one of the reasons to follow um, this work. We'll be coming out with a physician toolkit um, in a matter of days uh, How for practicing physicians with messaging and ideas of how to engage their patient population. Um, a couple things just from this tip sheet as, as we think about promoting vaccination. Um, I think the most important, there are two important things here that carry out throughout the whole conversation. We have to, we have to stop shaming and blaming. If you turn political, if you turn COVID-19, you know, sorry, it's already been turned into a political debate. If we continue making COVID-19 a political debate, there's a winner and there's a loser, right? And with any political debate, Let's debate the $15 minimum wage. There's a winner and a loser at the end of the debate. With COVID, there really is no winner. If we don't get vaccinated, people will continue to die and we won't, we will continue to not have to get back to the things that we love. And so we have to really normalize vaccine concern. I try to never say vaccine hesitancy because it tends to be a stigmatizing word. And so we want to talk about vaccine concern. The, the most powerful sentence is, I understand that you have concerns. What questions can I answer for you? Ultimately, this is going to be a personal decision. And that could be well known to public health practitioners. Condom use was a, was a personal decision. Um, choosing whether to smoke is a personal decision. Taking this vaccine is a personal decision, but we're gonna do everything we can to try to make sure that people are informed and educated and making the choice that that they want to make for them and not have it be swayed by misinformation and conspiracy theories. Uh, the other thing when you when you this is very important when it comes to the safety. Tell people that we were able to bring these vaccines to market so quickly because we cut red tape, not corners. A vaccine trial does take years, typically. That's because there's a lot of bureaucracy kind of rolled up into those. We were moving things quickly, but we cut the red tape. We didn't cut corners. And when you're talking to folks, use the word every. Okay, so every study, every phase, every trial was reviewed by the FDA and an independent safety board. These are facts, right? This is what you need to educate people. Use these, these terms. We've tested them, they work. So this is one of the, the, the available sheets. Um, we've also done vaccines amongst, and, and vaccine communication among Republican audiences specifically. This was a focus group that we did um, that included Chris Christie, former governor of New Jersey, um, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, Senator Bill Cassidy, and Congressman Brad Wenstrup. Um, Congressman Wenstrup had the uh, unique experience of, save, of saving Steve Scalise's life uh, when there was the shooting in Virginia on the baseball field uh, a couple years ago on, on January 14th. Um, they're also, Senator Cassidy and Senator Wenstrup, uh, Congressman Wenstrup, they're also both uh, physicians. So I thought Senator Cassidy had, had a great point for th that really helped with this group 
Um, he said, you know, every time you get into your car, you put your seatbelt on. You don't only put your seatbelt on when you know that you're going to be in an accident. And this vaccine is the same way. The, the consequences of COVID are random. While most people who have died are over a certain age, we can show documented evidence of young people and people who have had their lives, young people as well, have had their lives and the quality of their lives significantly changed by COVID. And so just getting those kinds of, of metaphors for folk can, can help move them. Um, some of the things, these were five facts right here that really helped with this group and helped with their hesitancy, uh, their concerns. The vaccines are 95% effective, even more effective than the annual flu vaccine, typically 40 to 60% effective. Enough people get it, we can prevent 100,000 deaths or more. Almost all doctors who've been offered it have taken it. The speed, again, cutting red tape and bureaucracy, not cutting corners. And these phase three trials, uh, they had hundreds of, uh, I tens of thousands of people in them and, and none were hospitalized or died, right? So there are, again, we can go to the, the tip sheet continues to give more uh, information. How do we talk to folk? What are some of the tips? Uh, as I'm just rolling through, we have so communications tips here. You know, be positive, recognize that it's a personal choice. Remember, any suggestion of manipulation or mandate and walls go up that have very little to do with the vaccine and COVID. They are walls that are much more about you know ideology, freedom, liberty, etc. You know, government government mistrust. Um, and honestly, and, and I know there are a lot of governmental public health folk on this call, I spent a decade of my career in governmental public health. I have steered to Beaumont to help win governmental public health. I have watched focus groups and seen data where public health is something people really value. You add the word government and it becomes a, a different thing. And so this may be time for those of us in governmental public health to find other messengers, right? The right messages from the right messengers can save lives. And I think it's other people right now. It's going to be community leaders. It's going to be pastors, physicians, and family. And we need to help get them the right messages so that they can help persuade those to take the vaccine. But again, give them the facts and the freedom to make the choice. Um, here are our five facts. And again, work work through this on your own time. Um, there are words that that are effective, and then words to not use as much. And so, anything I'll, I'll tell you, we uh, if you've ever seen from the ad council the former president's ad, it's all the former presidents telling us to take the vaccine. We tested that ad in a focus group of um, Trump voters, and and it did super badly. Um, it was seen as, as manipulative, as propaganda. So we've got to just keep hitting with the facts, with the information. Um, it's about a personal responsibility, not a national duty. And again, you all can explore these uh, terms so that you can choose you know, what works for you in, in your messaging. We'll be right back to the conversation after this brief message from our sponsor. 
The Bonadio Group CPAs and consultants perform audit or consulting services for over 30 New York State counties. Beyond audits, Bonadio works with counties to find ways to cut operational costs, streamline operations, eliminate waste, and uncover fraud. Bonadio professionals bring real-world, hands-on experience backed by academic and professional credentials in internal auditing, information systems auditing, forensic accounting, integrated resource management, and purchasing management, among other services. Um, if you are working with business folk in your communities, what incentives can they give? I think we've all probably heard about the Krispy Kreme donut uh, giveaway that if, if you have a, if you can share your vaccination card, you can get a Krispy Kreme donut. Um, but working with local businesses, this is the, people are looking for local leadership. They really are. This is the time of the local health official, right? Not to necessarily be the face, but to be the chief health strategist. This is where that term is going to come into full. You know, full understanding, working with your businesses, working with your faith community, getting out there, getting consistent messages across those groups. You know, messaging is not a term of art. It's not like, what, what interesting message can I come up with today? It says science, right? And so realizing also that, that not everyone, when we say people are vaccine concerned, I think there are different levels of that. There are those who say like, I'm not taking it. Like here's this, is this data point on how long do you plan to wait um we do have those folks who say they're waiting more than a year but most folks are still on that you know waiting a month or two months um, i will tell you nationally between march and april the proportion of republican voters who said they have been vaccinated are likely to be vaccinated or probably will be vaccinated increased from 59 percent in march to 71 percent in April, a 21% increase. So um, there is a lot of, of concern, um, but I think there is some hope there as well. So this is, you know, based on what you know about the virus, what are you more afraid of? Getting the vaccine or getting COVID? Now for all ages, it's getting COVID, but then watch. For the older group, 69%, they were afraid of getting COVID. It's split among 18 to 49 year olds. Right, so so they're making a, a, a risk calculation. We have to help them do that. And again, if you look in, in small town and rural areas, it's a split. So this is now what we're challenged with, because let's you know these folks, the 50 plusers, people with chronic conditions, people for whom mortality from COVID was more likely, they've gotten vaccinated. I think I've heard data points that 80% of those at greatest risk have been have been vaccinated, and that's good. But now we're changing into a different time in this vaccination effort. And in this moment, we have to think about reaching younger people and people for whom this just isn't as threatening to them. Um, so again, this is here, um, just tons of good information and data that we try to put out. Um, what would motivate you to get the vaccine most? And you look at this big difference difference between the ages. If I had more data about long-term side effects, if I if getting vaccinated is the only way I get back to living my life. So living my life, 50 plus crowd, that was the most uh, common response. The 18 to 49 year old crowd, 
it's wanting information about long-term side effects. This is challenging for us because we don't necessarily have that data. But we can say we've had all of these people who have had this vaccine and we've had very few side effects. We're gonna talk about the J&J &J thing in a minute. Um, and honestly, we don't know the long-term side effects of COVID. You know, we don't know if it's totally gone once you're done with it. It could have other issues. But, you know, I also, I don't want to get into a make-believe debate with conspiracy theorists. I want to say what we know. And we know that people have long-term side effects for COVID. We know that it could cost you your life. And everything that we know and the data has shown, and people have had this vaccine now for, you know, some people more than a year, just about a year, and um, we've not seen any any significant side effects. Um, but a good pivot point there, and I'll go back to my main slide here, a good pivot point is J&J. &J. So when we did find problems with one of the vaccines, we stopped it. And the pause, I think, was it was was not necessarily a bad thing. Um, look at this first data point. Are you more or less likely to get vaccinated than you were one month ago? 76% said more likely or no change from a month ago. And this was, we did this right after the J&J &J pause. That's when these data were pulled out of the field. Um, most people actually did find, and here was that data point I talked about earlier. Um, most people found that the safety monitoring was working, that that was a good message. This shows your confidence in this vaccine should be fortified, not shaken, should be strengthened and not shaken. Because when there was a problem with the vaccines, there was immediate action. That shows you that there is a safety monitoring board that's ready to act and prioritize the safety of the American people. Also reminding people that, uh, let's see, so the likelihood of getting a, a blood clot from um, a COVID vaccine is you have you have two times better chance getting struck by lightning. So we need to create these kinds of opportunities where people are willing to have conversations, listen to you, get the facts, get the facts from physicians, talk to their own doctors. Uh, this is the probably the most concerning data point was this one, and we it was a forced choice. Um, Having heard from having heard the J and J pause, do you think this is an isolated situation and vaccines are safe? This is the first of many serious side effects we'll hear about. So you're a little soft there. Thirty-nine percent saying is the first of many serious side effects that we'll hear about. So this is all here for you. The focus. This is another focus group we did on the pause. This is all stuff that's there for you and to inform your practice. I also want to talk about the public. Health Communications Collaborative. The Public Health Communications Collaborative is a joint effort of the CDC Foundation, Trust for America's Health, and DeBoma. What I found interesting is when you think about communications throughout the pandemic, I don't think we've done a particularly good job as, as a public health community. Um, we were, we were, we didn't get ahead of terms like lockdown. We needed to use stay-at-home protocols. You know, where do you have lockdowns? You have lockdowns in prison. You have lockdowns. Uh, my kids will do lockdown drills at their school for shooters. Um, it's not a particularly useful word. Um, 
when you think about how we framed the initial debate about the vaccine or about the, the coronavirus, it was, well, we're either going to you know, die from the virus or you're going to die from the um, economic consequences of the stay-at-home protocols. Um, we were debating how Americans would die instead of really tapping into the anxiety that people have. And so I think it was somewhat unfair to have this novel virus and pandemic kind of pop and not give all local and state health officials and other public health practitioners messaging to go to their public with. Consistent, thoughtful messaging. And so that's why we created this site. And there are webinars uh, every month that focus just on communications and messaging. And it's important in the chat or on Twitter or in an email to me, um, tell me what is bothering you, what you're having problems with. These, all of these things, our work with Frank and the Public Health Communications Collaborative, these are responsive efforts. So like tonight at eight o'clock, I'll be doing a focus group with Frank on 18 to 39 year olds who are vaccine concerned. And if you have questions that you want to ask that focus group or messages you want to test, shoot me an email, we'll work it in. Um, the communications resources, again, we have done any number of, of different infographics, messaging. Um, again, we had a webinar with Dr. Walensky Sample messages, this this was coming out, this is a great example. You know, these were the messages for the J&J vaccine that we were producing in real time that you all can download and use, right? Other things we've done on this website, we've had infographics before Christmas and New Year's and um, differences between the, the different vaccines. Um, we have a tough Q&A section. This is where we're giving answers to all the tough questions that you might have. And if you have a tough question that's not answered here, let us know so we can answer it. And what we have are messaging experts behind this who are helping us make sure that um, what, what CDC Foundation and TIFA and DeBeaumont bring are the public health science, and then we have folks who know the messaging. One of the other things I just wanna share with you from this website, which I think makes this useful, are these misinformation alerts. Um, I didn't even know this one. False claims that onions can cure COVID-19 resurface. Interesting. Uh, the way that my wife cooks, I'm now protected. I didn't need the vaccine. I just could have eaten the onions. Um, so what do you do with it? It's not, it's here's the claim and here's what to do. And you can then read more. Okay, do you ignore it? Often we're ignoring it, passive responses. And then every so often you'll get a direct response. So let's take, you know, Confusion about continued need for precautions after vaccination widespread. And here's the direct response. And so, and then the fact check, which helps. So you don't need to be on an island. Like that's what these resources are here to do is help you, let you all really understand what's available and what, and let us do some of that work for you. You know, you're trying to run a response, still run a health department. It, you have so much coming at you. These these are resources that are there to help. And that's why we create this. And so again, here again, all the different resources, I get some of the um, some of the, the webinars. This one, 
for New York, short of New York City. Um, and I'm a Columbia grad, so I spend a fair bit of time in, in New York City. But for, for upstate, more rural areas of New York, this was a presentation done by um, the folks at West Virginia who've done a super good job with vaccine uptake. Um, they were amazing. And I think you can get some good resources out of them. So, you know, I, I fully understand that having someone come and, and talk to frontline workers about what's happening with the, with the vaccine and, and the rollout is challenging, right? I'm always afraid I'm going to end up looking like if, if you're a Marvel fan and, and if you're not, you need to rethink your, your life. If you're a Marvel fan and you watch like the first Captain America movie, the Captain America, the first Avenger. So time where he goes out to the front line and they just throw tomatoes at him uh, because he's not really doing the work. And so, you know, I'm not there on the front line. And what I, you know, what I want to do, our contribution as, as De Beaumont is to make sure that you have the resources and the tools that you need. So if there are, if there are data questions that you have, if there are polling questions you'd love to see the answers to, if there are communications, messaging questions you have, engage with, the, with us on this because we will get answers back to you. Okay, we are doing this to be responsive and to help. So I think that shows you at least two really good resources that are available on the web and uh, hopefully starts a, a dialogue for other questions that come up. And don't let this be the only time you hear from me we are here to help. Um, I'm probably flying to South Texas soon based on a BBC interview I did yesterday with a pastor who was um, vaccine concerned. And I said, listen, I'll fly down to Texas and we'll sit and we'll talk about it. Let's, let's have dialogue and discussion, not debate. So that's what I leave you guys with. I hope, I hope we talk more. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of County Conversations. We hope that you will keep tuning in for new episodes each week that feature insightful conversations on current and topical information focused on county government. Until then, feel free to reach out to our staff if there are any topics that you would like to hear us discuss or join us as a guest to discuss on the podcast.